If your footwear is out of date, head to runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. That's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com, where they're committed to bringing the latest brands and quality shoes from Nike, Adidas, Puma, and the Jordan brand. Again, that's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. What's going on, people? This is live after hours in the man cave with your host Terry Wiggs and your co-host Mark King. Co-host Mark King. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Tay Wicks and Mark Sam. After I was live for the man cave, man. First and foremost, Marcus, the hot topic going around right now that I'm here looking on the internet. OBJ, aka Mr. Dance on them, aka Mr. One Hand Catch, Mr. $250,000 watch, that Richard Mill watch. Is it true that I'm seeing that Odell Beckham could possibly be trade him debt? on the trading block to these teams, the Eagles, the Patriots. <laughs> and, uh, just because the Browns are only what? Two and three. And are the Browns pushing the pennant button? Is Freddie kitchens over his head with the coat, with the, with the play style calling, or is it, they just need to simmer down and take their time. Let me know, Marcus. I see a lot's going on right now. Man, so I, I can't see the Browns trading Odell. Not this early, not this early, especially not to Philly or the Patriots. Like they ain't giving them no, no gifts. Neither one of those teams. Right. Um, and it, Odell ain't really the problem. I mean, what you were, said in the beginning is Freddie Kitchens, the O line, and somewhat Baker Mayfield. I mean, if, if they're gonna trade anybody, they got to get rid of somebody from either one of those groups. And San Francisco Nanky coming up too. And San, and we just played San Francisco. They're a run heavy team. They sure. ran all over us, <laughs> literally from the opening <laughs> opening hike. They ran all over us. So I don't see him being happy going. To, I mean, he'll go to Cali. Everybody gonna be happy if they go to Cali. But I I don't see it happening. I don't see no 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 way they can trade him and get stuff back of proper value. Right, because they trade him away for what? What is it, two first rounds and the second round draft pick? Now, if you trade him, would you get that same composition back? Not right now, you're not, because he ain't been getting a, uh, I mean, some people, just because of his name, they're going to know. They're going to always yeah. want Odell Beckham. But based on his production, it's like teams is like, hey, he ain't really did nothing. Like I said, it's not his fault, but his trade value right now, I don't think it's as high as it, it can be if they were doing better. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that because I think, like I said, I think it's the play calling. Then you got Greg Robinson. It's the left tackle. I mean, is that, I'm going to say, is it Greg Robinson or Sheldon Richardson? Whatever one of the two guys is, man. I just know they just just blowing straight through the left tackle side. Hey, Joe Thomas, man, on behalf of After Hours Live for the Man Cave, I would love to see you put, put on back that brown and orange, man, and block uh, OBJ, man. Just because I'm, we're not getting that same production that we are getting when he was in there. We talk about the Iron Man. We over two two thousand some snaps. Never miss hardly no games. Play with the ACL injury. Play with the bad knees. Play with concussions. That's what, that's right there laying it all on the line, man. Going going home or go hard. And the sad part about Joe Thomas, he did all this on a losing team. Mm-hmm. So For sure. And I'm looking at Odell Beckham. He's been quiet so far. You know what I'm saying? Of course, 
people gonna say he's not getting his touches, but he did drop two balls this past Monday. He's getting the opportunities, but it's so hard to get what you want to do because I think the one thing I think the Browns are is doing too much. I think the Cleveland Browns trying to play Madden football in real life. Becker can't keep rolling out to his right, keep trying to throw everything to Odell Beckham. The one thing he needs to learn how to do for Odell, Baker Mayfield needs to learn how to scan the field before he make a decision. He should already know, he should already know in his head, already know I got OBJ going over there, but I'm going to focus in on these other guys. Like, you got you a Richard Sale Jones over there. You got you a Jarvis over there. You got Callaway back. So he should not just target on one receiver. His eyes is focused on one receiver down the field. And once again, so he learn how to scan the field, progress the field, he would be a, a better complete player. He's he's a football player. He's not like an athlete like a Lamar Jackson or those guys who actually got Deshaun Watson who got wheels. He's not that type of guy. This is the NFL. He's like six feet or barely five eleven. Can barely see over the line. So it's a lot I take with that. I think, like I said, it can be true, but I don't believe anything till it comes from the horse's mouth. I believe that. The Browns need a better left tackle. Offense, offensive line, like, like shredded wheat. <laughs> That's for sure true. They've been, I mean, it was so bad on Monday. Even, uh, what is it called? Uh, the, the defensive end for Ohio State, for previous defensive end, did mm-hmm. the Baker, Baker flag and, and stake right in the ground. That's how bad it was. Like, he was getting through. Nick Every Bosa. time they snapped the ball, he, he Nick Bosa, he was he was touching uh, Baker Mayfield or hurrying him. It's like they couldn't do nothing with him, and I don't even think he that good. Like if they Look, can't handle him, just think when they start playing some, you know, like the Patriots, some elite, defense. Some elite defense that's that's going actually right. going to bully through that line. Like, right. I thought they were going. Okay, okay, they might be having a hangover from the Baltimore win. I thought that win right there was going to put them on the map. But it's so crazy because you got people saying, oh, these are the Browns. The Browns are going to be in the Browns today. Oh, these are the Browns. At the end of the day, the Browns trying to still find an identity. In the second of all, the Browns together, the new Browns, these Browns, this year Browns, that core they got on the offense, half of them guys didn't play all four preseason games. Let alone, I don't even think, I don't even think Jarvis played a preseason game or OBJ. I know OBJ didn't play. So the chemistry... It's not fair plan-wise. Yeah, it might look good when they're doing workouts by themselves, but it's it's different when you step between them lines and playing 60 minutes of football. It's a, it's, a, it's a whole different thing. Definitely. And they're starting to realize that now, getting in these right. real-life game situations, and then, they, you know, it's just not there. The offense ain't – I mean, last year the offense seemed to be more in sync than this year, and this year they got more talent. So chemistry go a long way. Right. I think people, I might say there might be too many cooks in the kitchen. I think they just need to slow it down. I would use OBJ, like how he's in the Jets game. They use him more as a decoy than they do him now. Everybody know you want to throw him to him. That's why they sit in the zone three. That's zone coverage right there. Because you bring the two safety down, you move the corners out. You, you move, and now you get the extra corner out there. And when you throw that ball, you can't. they take away the slants away. So you want to go in the quick slant, guess what? We in the zone. We sit in here. You can't do nothing. So what you going to do now? So if we run the ball, it's, it's like eight man in the box. You ain't going to be able to run. You're going to get two or three yards here. So now you got to find different ways and come up with different schemes to get to get players the ball. I just feel like the games the Browns did win 
Nick Chubb had 100 some yards, easy, over. But they got to find some way to get other guys involved. We know we got OBJ. Everybody in the world know you got OBJ. They don't know that Jarvis out there. They don't know Callaway is out there. You got to mix something up. And until then, they're going to continue to struggle. And then they'll get no, this where the road get a little bit tougher. Now you play Seattle. Baker Mayfield is no is no Russell Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson now that gets you know get stuff going. When he want to be that guy and turn to a Superman, he's gonna turn to Superman. But other than that, he gonna play within the system until Baker Mayfield understand his role and play within the system. Once he can figure out what he got to do, then you could add other stuff and put it into your repertoire. But right now, it's still a learning curve. Like I said last year, he played seven games. So as of this game passed, he played a full season now between last year and these last games. So there's a lot that's going on through his head. For sure. That they so, probably really do need to take some tips from, from this Seattle team that they uh you know, their next opponent on Sunday. Because right. their offense is clicking and it it's set up in a way where a smaller quarterback, you know, like Russell Wilson, like Baker Mayfield, can thrive, they can see the field better. The offense they running now is you can tell is really impacting Baker Mayfield's ability to throw. Like he can do everything else, but once it's time to throw and read defenses, like you said, he he's coming up short. All right, I think a perfect example for him to watch somebody would probably be Drew Brees. Yeah, he had to sit good. down and really he was, he was had to sit down and analyze Drew Brees, watch his film. Like he don't like he got to be able to see the mic, get a call the mic out. He got to know which side. He got to figure out which defender when he watch film is, which defender is the weakest on the field, and you exploit him out. Because there been plenty of times you watch football. And that defender would get exploited. They have run. They keep running that way. Look at what they was doing to the Browns' O line. They kept running through it. The same. The same. They, Nick Bosa did this. Like you said, Marcus, he did the same move every time. Nothing flashy. Just regular clip swipe, knocked him on his butt, and 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 and, and tackle Baker Mayfield. And he planted the flag on him. Players don't forget. And that's why I was hoping that wasn't gonna happen. That he get too many sacks on on Baker because I already knew that. I already knew that he played on that team where his name planted the flag on the field. And there he says, then players don't forget stuff. You know, it's called players have long term memory, but short to other things. But stuff like that, they have a long term memory. He was having a day out there. So we're going to move things right along. The one thing I want to touch on is Marcellus Winlock. He's the guy who, who uh, do the, the, the sports announcer for Speak for Yourself on that Fox Sports Network. The only thing I have a problem with him is because he's saying that the governor of California signed this bill for players to get played for their likeness in college. Some people ask me, do I agree with it or I disagree? I said, I can agree with it because I feel like you a college kid. A lot of these kids come from nothing or came from nothing. And you talking about a kid that's in college playing basketball, not for a school, for a school. Right. And the schools is bringing in bank. And the reason I'm saying I feel like they should because if a school could pay a, a coach more than a professor, that's where you, that's where I draw the line. I have a problem with that. So you tell right. me you got a so you tell me you have realistically a football coach is a gym teacher. So you tell me you got that gym teacher making more than a kid, making more than the teacher or the professor that's actually trying to get these kids to be better and do better for themselves. When you look at the coach and they go and sign with a team. In college football or basketball, where they make coaching at collegiately, Marcus, they were all the contract. Oh, we're gonna sign for the next four years for fifty million, and you got a professor who been teaching at some of them university 
and he's seen close nowhere close to fifty million. That's where I have a problem. That the ads make the ads making more than than the professor. What the that he number the athletic director that you barely see on campus. Right. I mean, at a lot of these schools, the fo- head football coach and or athletic director is the highest paid staff member at the at the uh, at the university. That's ridiculous. Right. Like they getting paid millions of dollars. I think Urban Meyer was the highest paid staffer at Ohio State University. Right. That includes like the medical, all that stuff. He's the highest paid. So I mean, I think it's only right that the the student athletes who's generating most of the money get some out of the money. I mean, yo, I mean, why you can't, just... right? It... I mean, you uh, like at Duke. Man. How much money did they bring in from Zion? Like he he don't get like a little bit of the money. I mean, Duke Man. is Duke, but right. depending on who, who's playing for them, they, uh, you know, they clout go way up. Because there's some years where they ain't got nobody, you know, noteworthy status, you forget about Duke. Right. And I'm not like I said, I worked that game. I'm looking, we, we go in the Spectrum Arena where the Hornets play. I remind you, the Hornets may sell that arena about three or four times a year, depending on, we know it's sold out when the Warriors come to town. Whatever team LeBron playing on is sold out, or or like a James Harden or Kevin Durant coming town. So when you, so when I went to that stadium, and not like I said, I've been to plenty of Hornets games and been in that arena. When Duke and North Carolina played, it was not an empty seat in the house. It was packed. Even the bathrooms were packed. It was a line for the bathrooms. Like I said, you go to the Hornets game, <laughs> you go always get in the bathroom in and out. But to use the bathrooms a five or ten minute wait. The concession stand lines was jumping. I would say easily because that ticket, that ticket alone was more than a Hornet season, a, a season game ticket. That ticket was, oh. the ticket was, that ticket was a plus $25 ticket that you would get for a normal on the Hornets night. So just imagine where I was sitting at where some of the alumni, the alumni sit. Them tickets right there was going for $2,500. Some people was paying most of four or five grand to sit in nosebleed. People were scalping tickets. So I already know that feeling like, Man, you go in the store, you go in the bookstore in the school, that's your jersey. But you can't have it. Guess what? I got to buy it. <laughs> so the schools is stuck in all the kids in. You can't play for me. Well, I want to play for you. Oh, we got so-and-so here. But they telling them at the end of the day, look, you can't play for me. We signed it. We signed it. We signed a Nike. You get, you get three, you get about three or four Kyrie's. If we make it far in the tournament, we get two more. And we get two more outfits. So you selling these kids souls. You selling your soul to get this athlete to come play for you for a brand new pair of sneakers in a, in a, in a sweatsuit. I think it's only right that the players and that that these young women and men get their dues because why not? Everybody eating but the kids. The coach can go home at the end of the night and go get a, eat a uh, a quarter on state. You talk about a college kid. You we in college market. What we what we eat on the day on the, probably on the night? Some ramen noodles. Chips, <laughs> trying to bum on somebody's food car so you can't get something to eat. It's a tough road. But these kids can't even take a can't even take a, a they can't even take a meal from a stranger because the first they said the, the the stranger boosts this kid. Right, that, and that's ridiculous. As as because everybody like you said everybody else like you know I was fortunate enough you know um, I had a a job and I had a food car when I was in college. Right. None none of the stu- uh, student athletes could take no you know. They couldn't, if they found out they was bumming food off me for my food card, they would be in trouble. Like, that's ridiculous. That don't make no sense. Right. And you talk about a football player athlete. You talk about dudes that got to 
these football player dudes, they eat, they lift weights. So when you got to, you get done training and working out, what you going to do? You're going to be hungry. So you're going to, got to eat and keep some of them calories on, especially your old linemen. I just feel like I'm with LeBron James. They, these players are more than athletes. This somebody's, this somebody's son, nephew, grandchild, all that in the, in the above. Gotta, you got to do what's right. And I'm all for it. I think, I think California signed the bill. I think the next state was going to be like on board for it. It's going to be like Florida and Texas because I just feel like these universities make money. Like even some of the, they get some of these new the colleges get new, new arenas. They get new, they get the new football fields. I think it's only right that you can break a kid off every now and then for his services at the school. Cause he the one who make the school relevant. He or she. For sure. For so, sure. No, no, the reason I'm talking about Marcellus Winlock because he acted like he said the players should, the athletes should be paid. They go to school to get to, to get an education. That is true. That is true. How about Marcellus Winlock? You know, is it Jason Winlock. No, I think it's, I think it's Jason. Jason Winlock. I like Marcellus Wiley. Got no problem with him, but Jason yeah. Winlock up here with that weak fade. <laughs> With the Kango hat, the Kango hat, and like he did something. He talked about when he grew up poor. He had he he had to get it. Times is different. I'm tired of these old school guys keep trying to compare these new school cats. It's different. These new the new guys, which is we are included with the, with the new school. By us being the new school, we tell what's on our mind. We are gonna tell like how it is. The old school guys, yeah, they might have did certain things, but y'all was at most of them were scared to speak up what they wanted. Now these guys speak up. Right. I'm looking at Mar- I'm looking at Jason Woodlaw. He's trying to tell that he's trying to say the players don't need it. Like, I'm like, come on, you kidding me, man? You know, you've been there before. The struggle is real. The average student or the, the average African-American male and female in today's size don't wake up with a silver spoon in their mouth. Right. Those are the, what do they call them? Five percenters. Right. It's a very That's- small population of them. <laughs> right. And, and I can't believe we sit on TV saying that. So like I said, Take the take the earpiece out your ear, and I want you to speak the real. Like we speaking the real. I'm just being honest. Man, pay them guys, man, and them women. They deserve it. So you tell me this 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 right this. That's why I always get mad at right here, Marcus. This is one. This is one t- topic I always get mad at. When that player breaks his leg or she breaks his leg playing in any sport, do the school foot that bill? No. Nope. Unless no they got no the parents pay for the bill. The, the school doesn't pay for you getting hurt. And that's the whole thing. Remember a couple of years ago when North Fresh and the guy hurt himself and he wanted the school to pay for his bill. They told him no. But he told them, I got hurt on your time, not my time. Yep, unless you got somebody like Zion where the school take out an insurance policy on you. But that's that. Like I said, he's one in a few in college right. getting that type of like where the school is uh, willing to to risk putting an insurance claim on you. That mean you know if they said it, they were saying when he hurt his uh his foot when soul came off that they had an insurance claim on him so he would he would potentially get millions of dollars if he had a career in the injury. Mm-hmm. Not everybody getting that, but like you said, just because you ain't the, at top of the top, you still a college athlete. You still the best out of however many people in in that sport is playing in the country. You still one of the top athletes at, at yeah. least. You should get your medical paid at least. At least. Like, I got hurt at your time. You tell me you're not going to look out for me. So if I get in trouble on my time, what you going to do to me? I get kicked out of school, suspended, lose my scholarship. So I'm saying, man, 
It's a gray area. It's, it's one sided. Right. They look at you as a commodity, a cash cow. What can? It's pretty much. It's pretty much. What can you do for me now? Instead of what can you do for me lately? Like, oh, you ain't no good. Ain't we? Don't, we don't need you. Oh, you got in trouble? Oh man, that sucks. Go somewhere else. So this that's my whole bone. Like you can't be on TV talking that rah rah stuff. Then you want to go to somebody else's podcast and talk different. No man, if you're gonna be real, be real what you say. Like like I said, most of the guys who do commentaries, they be trying to be real, but they not. But this is what I want to talk about market. Now we watch the ESPN, all these these televised networks. I'm gonna read you this letter that I seen. This is from a Penn State alumni. I don't know if you heard about it. Oh, yeah, I've seen, I seen this. <laughs> it said, we are Penn State proud. Dear Jonathan, my wife and I are proud. Older graduates of Penn State. We, are, we follow all Penn State sports down from football, wrestling, volleyball, gymnastics, basketball. We love it all. I play all the sports in my younger days. Still play full court basketball into my 50s. Love the competition, but never had the size or the talent to reach your level through the desire was there. Though the athletes today are certainly superior to those in my days. We miss the clean-cut young men and women from those days. Watching the Idaho game on TV, we couldn't help but notice your well-awful hair. Surely the most, she said, surely there she said, surely there must be mirrors in the locker room. <laughs> don't, you have, don't you have parents or a girlfriend who have told you those shoulder-length dreadlocks you look disgusting in are certainly not attractive? We congratulate you on your game against Pitt, but, but you need to remember to represent, you need to represent all Penn Staters, both current and those alumnus of the past year. We will welcome the parents the reappearance of a dress code for athletes. You will continually be playing on Sundays in the future, but we have stopped watching the NFL due to the disgusting tattoos, awful hair, immature antics in the end zones. Players should act though they have been there before for the glory. Dave Peterson. When I read that letter, I said, man, you got to be kidding. <laughs> Not only when the letter was distasteful and awful, this guy started the letter off we are proud. He said, we, pissed, we are Penn State. He had proud like with seven exclamation marks. Then at the end of the letter, it said, for the glory. What glory? Touching little for boys? For the glory. So <laughs> this was a it's racist letter. It was racist for sure. Second of all, it was distasteful because you just, you judge the man, the man and the women that you talk about in this letter and their culture. Second of all, you, you wrote a letter to a player and said, Dear John, <laughs> Jonathan, at, at most, said his dreadlocks was distasteful and awful looking. Their shoulders limp. Don't you have parents? First of all, he disrespected the parents. That was one. Then he talked about his girlfriend because nine times 10, most collegiate athletes have girlfriends. I didn't like the letter, period. It was terrible. What was really disturbing about it was that they wrote it thinking they were clear in the right. Like there was nothing wrong with it. Like that, that's not normal. That's not how normal people view football players, in particular college athletes. Like who right. cares what his hair looks like? Right. So you telling me when I read that letter, Marcus, I'm sitting here while like, man, wow. Like slavery just ended like four hundred years ago. And that's not that long. 
slavery, modern day slavery stuff is still happening to black people now. People are getting lynched. Uh, I mean by lynch, getting police brutality, getting killed. Uh, I'm looking at is where uh, a lady, uh, African American female, shoots a gun in the air because her husband was beating on her, and she gets sentenced to 20 years in jail or no parole. I look at it where the, the black cop in Dallas shoots the black guy who was sleeping in his own in his own bed in his own apartment. She shoots him. She get 10 years, and she can get she could possibly get out five years early on good behavior. So she's getting rewarded just because she a cop. Then the second part that, that they're not talking about, that a key witness came in that type of shooting, seeing what happened, and seeing it was her, out of nowhere, he get killed three days ago. He get shot in his mouth. He's dead. Yeah, it ain't that up. Right. So, until Mr. I didn't even call this guy Mr. Until this slime ball, Danny Peterson of Penn State, wrote that letter to Jonathan, to my for the glory, and we are Penn State proud. He was proud that he wrote this letter. He felt he got a, a monkey off his back. But he didn't know how much anger that this letter brought to Jonathan and to the Penn State football players. Because a football team is a family. All right. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what he's proud of. This is the same school that just had Jerry Sandusky. Jerry Sandusky. Right. Like, is that what he's proud of? Is that what you're trying to say? Know about it. <laughs> right. So you're talking about for the glory and for and, and, and for we are Penn State. That's that's how you sound for the glory. For the glory, Joe Paterno is dead and gone. He knew that Jerry Sandusky been touching and founding little boys ever since he's been with that organization, that institution, rather. But you talk about for the glory? Let's talk about the little boys' lives who ain't going to be the same no more because a grown man tried to rape some boys in the shower. Let's be serious, man. That's what This, this type of stuff right here just made me so angry just because this guy had the audacity. Him and his wife sat down in their house and wrote this letter and talked about how they feel about the football players. He typed it up. Typed it up, mailed it. Like They spent all this time doing that. And he wrote it in Penn State blue. This is just, this is awful. This, this, this is what people think of. This is how people think of African-American people. Oh, he got dreadlocks. Oh, he nasty. Oh, she nasty. No, we're not at all. Talk to us. Get to know us. Sit down and get to know us before you judge a book by its cover. I can't tell you, I, I picked this book up. Oh, that's a terrible book. I ain't going to read it. But when you open that book and you read it, your mind goes somewhere to take you through a whole new world, imagination. So I'm like, oh, this is nice. Hey, man, read this book, man. That's a good book. You can't judge a book by its cover. And, and that's what they do when they judge a person, how they look on the outside, instead of sitting down and see what he got really in the inside. So I guarantee you that man's heart is bigger than the Dave Peterson heart. For sure. And, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's sad, Marcus, that, that, that society has to be like this. It's, it's very, no, what he wrote was very distasteful. He should be embarrassed that he sent that in. He thought he was going to be slick. Oh, I'm going to send this to I'm gonna send this to him. He ain't gonna. He, he's gonna read it, but see if he keep it to himself. That guy right there. He said he played basketball to his 50s. That's like Dave Peterson now. Was he probably about 50? Late. Early, I'm gonna say late 50s, probably early 60s. He said and wrote that letter. <laughs> a grown man. A grown man wrote this letter about a child, about a, a student at his alma mater that's like 30 years younger than him. Right. <laughs> Another. Yeah. It makes no sense. If you ask that kid, do you know Dave Peterson? He's gonna tell you, nah, who is that? Because there's two kids on there on there in that football team that get dreadlocks, by the way. So if I was Penn State, I have my whole team go to, to the Halloween store. We all gonna put on dreadlocks. So send a message to him. Because at the end of the day, 
that's a family. Those are those are brothers for life. They will have a bond that nobody can ever take away because they play on the football field. They cry together. You know what I'm saying? They laugh together. They hurt together. And by him writing that that statement about about that guy, uh, he 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 made Penn State University look bad. And I know people who went there. That's a that's a that's a serious that's a serious situation. And I guarantee that man's like part of a booster club or anything. In, in, if I was institution, I'm cutting ties with him. Period. We don't want nothing to do with you. That put a bad taste in the university's mouth. I don't want nothing to do with you, sir. You can kick rocks. All right. Moving right along. So we know we got 13 days to the NBA season, Marcus. What not do even you a think? full two weeks. Not even a full two weeks. Uh, we're getting closer. A surprise team. That we're going to just do this right now. A surprise team you think will make some noise early that might put you on notice. A team. Pick one from the east and one from the west. So my team from the west. I don't know if they're really a surprise, but I would go with uh, – the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. You know, they got a good one-two punch with Luka and uh, Porzingis. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're going to be excited to play with each other. I don't know if they, uh, you know, to the talking heads, I don't know if they're going to really be a surprise. To me, I think they're going to um, come out come out the gates hot. Now, on the East, uh, I don't know why on the East. I, I'm going to go with the uh, Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. If Mark Hill folks play like the, the number one pick, he was drafted to be. I think they can be a they can be a legitimate surprise. But I don't, I don't know if I wouldn't say anybody on the East is a surprise. I think it's so wide open. Like I, I would expect any team, you know, to make the playoffs over there. I don't think no team is out <laughs> legitimately. Not like uh you know on the West, you know where it's so top heavy. Oh yeah, talent. Right. So you know. A team like Phoenix Suns, they would be like a true surprise. But I don't think it's that exists on the East. I think everybody's like on equal footing, you know, with the exception of you know Philly and you know maybe Boston. Okay, all uh, right. For me, I'm gonna start in the West. I think my surprise team in the West, I'm gonna say OKC. <laughs> you know, I think everybody just writing Chris Paul off. They act like they ship Chris Paul to OKC to die or something, in basketball hell or something. He looked pretty think, good on that uh, on that little preseason game. <laughs> it was yeah, exciting. Uh, I'm looking at the, some of the pieces he got. Like you know, I think they got a good team, like a nice little young team. You know, Chris Paul being the elder statesman there, him and Stephen Adams. Like I said, the best thing for them, they got a big. They got a big. They can actually control the middle. Stephen Adams can go out there, pick and roll to the hole for easy dudes. You got Chris Paul. I think we might see the old Chris Paul. I think you might see the more pit bull, greedy type Chris Paul, who gonna get after and gonna put the players in his right spot. This is how he, this, this is how Chris Paul, this is how Chris Paul became Chris Paul and turned into CP3. This where, this where, this is where they found CP3 at. The New Orleans slash OKC, the OKC Hornets or something like the OKC Thunder at the time. They played in New Orleans at the one point time due to the to, due to the Hurricane Katrina. This is how CP3 became CP3. I think. He's going to bring that edge and chip into that young team, and I think that team going to follow suit. We're going to see a different um, a Thunder team. That team can stick in. If they get into an AC, man, you talk about Chris Paul, that could be some of his finest work. Um, my Eastern Conference True. team, my Eastern Conference team, for some reason, man, I'm, I might say I might say the, the young Cavaliers. Okay. I mean, I mean I, I'm going to watch every game like every year, so... <laughs> I'm going to tell you, young Cavaliers try to think of it as an AC, get like 40 wins or 41 wins under their belt. 
probably take about 37 to get to the playoffs in the East. If they can get like 40 wins, they can definitely be a playoff squad. I'm looking at some of the pieces they got. You're looking at Tristan Thompson. That's if he still be with the Cavaliers after All-Star break. Maybe Kevin Love maybe moved too before All-Star break. But you already got you got two champions on your team already. So you got Tristan Thompson, you got Double T, you got Kevin Love. Now, mm-hmm. if this Darius Garland character can come along, I don't call no character. Darius Garland, the, the young guy, if he come along and he can find this um, niche early and Colin Saxon just follow suit, this team may have something good. I'm looking at Jordan Clarkson off the bench and the guys that he have, some, some quick some, some quick offer, offense awareness. But if you guys right. want like Tristan Thompson, Garden and Payton get rebounds, you never know. The league is wide open, never but know. the whole thing is you you got to start, like you said, Marcus, the key is you got to start off strong. You got to put like four or five games, wins together just to get the feel of winning. You start losing three and four in a row, guess what? Everything, for, you can go win one game right. and you lose five straight. So you they got to come, they got to come with it because people will be looking at Cleveland on their schedule. All right, team. We're on our way to uh to to the to the cast or to the to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Oh, oh, that's a dub, coach. You don't want teams to think that. <laughs> right. you, want, you want to come in and say get that dub. So I'm gonna throw one of the Cavaliers in my sleeper picks. Okay, I'm, I'm certainly hoping so. <laughs> I, you know, like like you said, they got a lot of young pieces that look interesting. You know, their first preseason game. Mm-hmm. No Garland, uh, Porter, oh, uh, yeah. Sexton. Michael Porter, I know Michael Porter Jr. is your guy because you called that when he's on the phone. Yeah. He was like, I was like, I hope the Cavaliers get Michael Porter. I think he could be the steal of the draft. And it's so funny. I'm reading one of, one of these um, Sports Illustrated magazines, whatever magazine I was reading, and they had him as being one of the top prospects and one of the steals of the draft. His, I'm sorry, he's 6'7", 6'6", swing, yep, two-way six, player? Six, two-way yeah. player. So, you know, they, they'll be fun to watch at the very least. You know, if they – uh. Like you said, of Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, you know, the two guys who got rings that they hold, they wait. They could, I don't think 42, 43, 40, uh, 40 to 42 games out the question for a spot. All right. So we done with that. Now, I like this little thing we're going to talk about now. Let's talk about some guys in the league who you thought, when you played collegiate basketball, who you thought was going to make some noise in the NBA or didn't make it to the NBA that we seen in college. If you thought it was a man, I know he'd be a dog in the next level. Hmm. Okay, yeah, this would be a good one. I got, I got a few names uh, come to mind. Some, you know, they were uh, the first person that come to mind. You know, his career just ended with a, a terrible injury, and that's that's Jay Williams from Duke. he was out there bopping cats, like <laughs> giving cats the yeah. business. I thought he was uh, going to be a dog in the league, but then you know the motorcycle uh, accident happened. You know, cut his career short. You know, but in college, he was a beast. Mm-hmm. I know you got another one. I know you got another one. Uh, an- another one. I don't know if he, uh, he wasn't in college, but uh, Eddie Curry uh, from Chicago, you know, he played for the Chicago Bulls. He came straight out of high school. Straight out of high school. Yeah, I, I, no. thought, uh, I thought he was going to be, you know, what kind of DeMarcus Cousins is. Like a DeMarcus he's, Cousins, Dwight Howard kind of read Yeah, he was strong. Yeah. He showed you glimpses in some games what he can do. He has some games where he can get you 25 and 15, then the next time he just fade away. Right. I got one for sure. I got one for you, though. Man, I thought he's going to do some damage on the next level. 
was William Avery, point guard of Duke. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> when he went, like, I think it was the year that thing, the Duke players, like, top, like, like six, six or seven players to go top five in the draft or something like that. Man, he, right. he was giving catch the issue, man. Like, his little in and out, the way he gets to the bucket, he make one move, he go. He can hit the outside shot. Like he 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 was he was that he was that dude he was that dude. Another name that come to mind, man. Um, watching the old Cincinnati teams, like when Kenya Martin and Demar Johnson was there, Kenny Shatterfield. Oh yeah, he was he was a well. I mean, you can put him and Demar Johnson in that. He was another guy, you know, injury kind of derailed his career. But Kenny Shatterfield, he was underrated. <laughs> yeah, and Demar Johnson was like. Like a Kenya, like a Kenya, he's like a Tracy McGrady who didn't reach his full potential when he got to the league, like due to the injuries. Like you talk about a guy at one point in time was ranked as the number one player in the country, Demar Johnson. So I'm looking at guys like that who would give you the business on the four in defensive end. Like I'm looking at that team with Cincinnati, they had a squad. Kenya Martin broke his leg that one year, he'd have been number one draft pick. They had Kmart, Demar Johnson. And Ruben Patterson and Kenny Shatterfield do. They didn't make some noise in the tournament. Um, another player who I thought probably did some damage on the next level. I'm going to say Greg Odom. Yeah, Greg, for sure. Mm-hmm. Greg Odom was sitting there paint like Sherman Williams and take you to school because what made his game so unique and he was crafty around the basket to be a seven-footer. You know, like you said, injuries got the best of these guys. I'm looking at I'm looking at Greg Odom. He can score with the left hand or the right hand. He was a pit. He was a pit when he was in college in Ohio State with a uh, who was that? Who was Mike Collins? Mike, Mike Collins. Yep. I can go back further than that with another cat, Scooney Penn. He had, he was out the DMV area. I think he's from DC. So he he had he had to go. He had to game. Like you know, we gonna on the court. He was a gamer. Scooney Penn. You know, he's an Ohio State coaching staff. He was a gamer. It's a lot of guys that we can sit back and name who you thought in college basketball. That was take off. Johnny Flynn was another one from Syracuse. I thought he was going to take off. Disappear. I'm looking like, wow. And then Roy. I mean, he led this list forever. Another legend. You know what I'm saying? Who's giving people like, what Portland got? Damian Lillard, that's what that's what they got in Brandon Roy. I'm a hundred percent fat on that one. Like Brandon Roy before the knee injuries. Oh come on, man! Like come on. He was a. If you go look up bucket, you're gonna be Brandon picture there. Like literally, <laughs> literally, like offense and defense. Because he he can just he can get anywhere he wants to. Um, it's a man. It's so hard to name guys like that that you know. Who the beast on the next level? Or sometimes like you either injuries or they didn't have the the willpower to be an NBA player. It takes a lot to be an NBA player. We know you can play, but I mean player, you got to put in <laughs> your playing time when the, when the game is over. When you, if win or lose, are you gonna go back in that gym room and pick up pick up another put up another five to six hundred shots to craft your game? Are you gonna find another move? Are you gonna be that film junkie? A lot of these guys are just happy that they got there to seize the moment. Like you just can't be happy that you get in there because everybody wanna get there. You gotta be a dog and take over. Like you gotta set yourself aside, like, all right, 
It's my rookie year. I'm going to spend some money. I'm going to do some crazy stuff. But your second or third year, you sure already know what you're about to be. Or my second year, my second or third year, just got to be my breakout years. I got to put the lead on this while I'm here. And I just don't feel like a lot of guys don't do that. Like, I'm sitting down, and like, one of my, if I had to name some of my all-time favorite guys, of course, you know, everybody picked Jordan. I can't even put Jordan in the list. You know, Jordan is on the list by himself. But I had to like some of my favorite guys like to watch my, to watch. And, and people, somebody asked me, like, Dante, who do you pattern your game after? And if I actually, I told people I pattern my game after Lamar Odom. Somebody started, they started laughing. It's like, why? You're not even a big man. I said, that's cool because, you know, Kevin Garner is my favorite player. But I said, I pattern some of my game after Lamar Odom. He can handle the ball. He come up to court. I play defense. And I can shoot. I don't have to score. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm willing to pass the ball to you and give you a shot. I said, that's why I pattern my game after him. It's Lamar Odom. And I definitely, I definitely admire the way my guy played. Mr. Gilbert Arenas, Mr. Agent Zero, Mr. Hibachi himself. Flamethrower. And it's so crazy. You know, I went to a playoff game with Kevin. His dad got his tickets. And I think that this was the infamous year when the, uh, when the, when the, I want to say the Wizards had Deshaun Stevenson, Gilbert Arenas, Brandon Hayward, Antoine Jameson, Karan mm-hmm. Butler, aka Tough Juice. Tough Juice. Yeah, at that time, the Cavaliers had, of course, LeBron, Big Z, Andy Verzal, Larry Hughes, Eric Snow. And, you know, Damon, Jane, Damon, Damon Jones came off the bench. So I'm sitting there, and it was crazy because, you know, I'm playing basketball in the backyard with y'all. You know, we playing like two-on-two tournaments at Hube House. You know, I'm missing <laughs> some, some infamous two-on-two tournaments over there. Yeah. And, um, back. and I come back. Playing basketball with y'all, I shoot his shots at Hibachi. I'm like, man, what is that? I was like, man, I heard Gil Ren say this. Man, Dante, he ain't saying that. I said, like, trust me, man. Trust me. He said Hibachi. Like, Hibachi. And the reason he, he said he said it because he knew he was going to cook some cats. So why not take his terminology and bring it to the backyard if he never heard it? So we sitting there. We had, for me to hear that, that lets you know we is pretty damn close. Right. <laughs> every time every time he scored on every time he scored on Larry Hughes or Eric Snow, Hibachi. But I'm talking about he hitting these shots from deep, like from, from the deep. Uh, and I think, I think in that series alone, don't quote me. I think Gilbert Reese is almost averaging 31 points per game. Man, he was doing something crazy. I know that he was the only reason it was him and uh Karan Butler. Only reason it was hanging in because I like talk about a clutch shot taker. He was a clutch shot taker. Like Gilbert Reese has come up to court. He's like. He's like the only guy, Marcus, I seen drop 60 on Kobe and kiss the floor. <laughs> he came to LA and dropped 60 on Kobe and kissed the Lakers floor, the middle of the floor. That's a dog move right there. That's a dog move. I'm coming to your ring. I'm gonna drop 60 on you and kiss your floor. And we're gonna walk out with the W. Come on, man. <laughs> Agent Zero. Agent Zero to me, Gilbert Arenas, I'm talking about folks. If you're not out there listening this is after I was live in the man case. This is your host, Tay Wiz, and Mark Senior Speak. We, we are just talking about straight sports. Man, he give it to you. And, he, and I feel like Gilbert Reyes at the time to me was underappreciated in the league. That's how I feel, sure. man. He, 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 he was that guy. You got a guy who you patted your game after, Marcus, who you think you, think you may play like if you had to sit back? 
Uh, I had to really think about it. Hmm, it's a tough one. I watch so many people. I, I would say for sure, my, my all-time favorite was Ray Allen. Uh-huh. No, I used to I used to watch He Got Game over and over and over again. That one move where he had him in a post, put the ball behind his back. I used to practice that move all the time with my little brother. Mm-hmm. So it would have to be Ray Allen um, that I would say I patterned my game after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad comparison. Like, I'm just looking at myself like, yo, I think I can play like Lamar Odom because I wasn't just going to bring the ball to the court. I do bring him to court. People are all right. I'm, I was like, a, I was like, a, I was an Army Swiss knife. So you okay. already knew it. I bring the ball up the court. What people would say, Marcus? Pick up Dante because you know he wanted to shoot. I'm like, All right, cool. I get a double team. Guess what? I'm gonna kick it to my man. Guess what? He gonna shoot. Not everybody gonna shoot. So I, I can play different roles. You know, Dante, aka Tay Wiz, aka you know Lamar Odom name was the Goods, aka they oh, yeah. used Army Swift knife, man. Call me Army Swiss knife because with an Army Swift knife. It's versatile. It's a utility. You got a you got a you got a knife in there, a fingernail file, a screwdriver, a wine opener. I bring all the goods, baby. Why not? You know that's, that's considered <laughs> considered. Oh, he was the goods. I'm the Army Swiss knife. That's how I feel. But but before we leave on this, there's a couple of guys I do want to mention that will, that that will give you that will give you a running NBA for some for some um for some buckets in the league. Um, underrated guys as you knew for a fact. That was that 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 could play hard. Tony Petit, strong as an ox. We'll give it to you. Uh, another guy who I thought was the bucket too, Moochie Norris. Oh yeah, Moochie. Mm-hmm. Another guy who give you a bucket who was under who was underappreciated, Chris Kamen. <laughs> yep. We give you a bucket. It's Kent State Finest. He give you a bucket. There's some buckets out there, man. There's some buckets out there. You got to go find them. But we appreciate all the guys who was buckets. They, they unappreciated in the league. First and foremost, like I said, it's After Hours Live for the Man Cave. There's your host, Tay Wiz, and this Mark Sr. Giving it to y'all guys straight, raw, non cut. No, on that note, we out of here. Peace. Yay! Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our anchor profile page that's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave and click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out peace